For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Where there is fantasy football chaos, we are here to find the answers. Backstreet Boy member Hayden Winks. Josh Norris here, host of the Underdog Football Show. Let's do it, Hayden Winks. We're going to go through running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and yes, even tight end tiers. Your rankings, which you can find in the description down below on Underdog Network. Look at that. Beautiful throw. Trevor Lawrence. Swag new. Maybe a couple of those of Zay Jones. We'll get to that a bit later on. First, let's kick it off with the running backs. No shock. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey rank as the top two. I immediately want to focus on Joe Mixon here as the running back three, Hayden, because in fantasy points per game this season, he has been the running back 17. Granted, Cincinnati this week, much better matchup against the Baltimore Ravens, I guess. But how can you tell people, like, look, they're going to start Joe Mixon. This is a good offense. Mm -hmm. They drafted him highly. It's not like he's outside the top 24 backs. But hey, let, let's trust him all the way up to running back three this week. He is elite in literally every single usage category. He's number one in expected half PPR points per game by a wide, wide, wide margin. You look at this chart right now that as a team, they're second only behind the Browns. But Nick Chubb splits out, obviously, with Kareem Hunt. There is no splitting, basically, with uh, Joe Mixon. So he's been stuffed at the goal line a couple times. I went back and watched the last Joe Mixon game just to make sure there's nothing going on here. He's been tackled at, at his ankles a couple times. It's just been yeah. a random couple little things. N nothing too big. I, I think that he's just ran into some bad luck. The interior of the offensive line, like the, the left guard play hasn't been very good. I'm hoping as a, this is a brand new offensive line, I'm hoping throughout the season they mesh a little bit better. But right now, he's getting more targets. He's on pace for over a 100 targets. Nobody in their right mind could have ever predicted Joe Mixon on pace for 100 targets. He he has a chance to lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns coming into the year. And now he's at 100 target pace. Like, And it's not even pure third down passing down work, right? It's early downs on, on first and second down, too. They're two and two. The Ravens are two and two. The Ravens are favored by three points in this game. I'll have maybe more when we do our 20 players that define week five tomorrow. I'm terrified of what Zach Taylor and how he has not managed to really take the next step as a play caller this year in terms of answering whatever the defense is putting out there, but more so that doesn't really impact Joe Mixon. That impacts the passing game. The Joe Mixon stuff is really what you outlined where the usage and everything is great. Just the, uh, the process hopefully wins out this weekend. Let's put it that way. Okay, moving on. Nick Chubb, the king, running back four. Alvin Kamara, hopefully back in our lives here. He is practicing as running back five. That's Derek a big Henry. one. I want. I, I need to stop you there. Just because Go. the Saints are currently projected for over 25 points, that is mm -hmm. much higher than they have been uh, recently. Alvin Kamara says he's good to go. Latavius Murray, you don't have to worry about him. I mean, Alvin Kamara, to me, hasn't looked very good. The offensive line has underperformed. The entire offense has underperformed. But right now, Vegas is telling me that they are very optimistic with the Saints. So I had to move Alvin Kamara up way, way, way more than I was initially thinking coming into the week. 
at a lot. Seahawks have given up a 100-plus scrimmage yards to a running back in every game this season, every single game this season. So maybe this is also a spot for Alvin Kamara to get back after a slow first three weeks to go along with that rib injury. Okay. Derek Henry, we outlined in stat versus film, getting five or six targets slash receptions each week. That's cool for them to show. Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook. I also want to focus on Leonard Fournette here as running back nine because this Bucks team offensively, I think, has turned the corner in their style of play and how they want to play offense. Um, they are nine and a half point favorites right now against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, a defense that Nick Chubb, obviously, just torched. Um, however, I think that part of this discourse with Leonard Fournette is this is the week to hype up, and for good reason, Rashad White, who's getting involved for maybe a series for every two that Leonard Fournette is going out there. But that doesn't mean we should full-on fade Leonard Fournette as a top-10 running back in a prime matchup. It's I, I still have the same stance as I had before the season where I want to be overexposed to both of them. Like you said, Leonard Fournette right now, it is a two-for-one, kind of two-for-one running back rotation, which is bad news for Leonard Fournette. But right now, the Bucks last week, they were like, like projected for like 21 points. Now they're all the way back up to 28, 29 points where we're used to them. I think getting the wide receivers healthy is probably a good thing for Leonard Fournette, more uh, touchdown goal and opportunities out there. So uh, I moved Rashad White up. He's kind of in like that Tony Pollard-ish zone. He should be rostered everywhere. But I th- think at the same time, Leonard Fournette, game script, team total, he's still getting... Uh, lots of usage, even if Rashad White's moving in a little bit, that he's still RB1. Jamal Williams rounds out the top 10. Three of the four weeks of season have been Jamal Williams weeks, and DeAndre Swift is not coming back until the bye week unless something shocking happens. So once again, let's fire up Jamal Williams against the New England Patriots, who's actually been pretty good, pretty good this season defensively. But uh, there's no reason for you to punt Jamal Williams, obviously, after what he put out there last week. Okay, let's flip to 11 through 20 here. Josh Jacobs, full clips on the channel. Whoa, buddy, what a season. What a season for Josh Jacobs. And it's a total of 51 against the Kansas City Chiefs this week on Monday Night Football. Then James Conner, Aaron Jones. And let's talk about Melvin Gordon because this is probably the first time and the last time we'll be able to talk about this Thursday night game. Uh, The Broncos are favored by three and a half points. Just before we went live, it was said that Latavius Murray is going to be inactive for this game. So the only running backs that are going to be playing are Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone. And Tom Pelissero, uh, a bunch of people on NFL Network in general keep saying, I mean, even screw the, the reporters. The own offensive coordinator says that Melvin Gordon is going to be the bell cow. He's going to be the bell cow. He was resigned to be the bell cow. Coming into the season, we expect him to be the bell cow. This is the week to take advantage of enough of the Mike Boone stuff. He's probably going to sprinkle in here and there. But uh, for all the fumbling issues Melvin Gordon's had, I still don't think that Mike Boone is very polished. He's just so inexperienced in general that I think Melvin Gordon have to fumble again for Mike Boone to get some run here. And let's just be honest, like even, even if he has a fumble issue, the odds are still pretty low that he would fumble here again. So um, I had Melvin Gordon as one of my favorite draft picks coming into the season. I think that this is a week to kind of take advantage where people are kind of skeptical. That's too narrow focused in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't want to double count fumbles here. I mean, they're awful, especially when they get returned for fumble sixes like we've seen for three for Melvin Gordon over the last couple of years. 
but this team pretty clearly knows that he's talented, pretty clearly was even trusting him this season with Javante Williams taking the next step as an individual talent. And he was still seeing 30 to 40% of the work. Um, there is history, obviously, with the front office, with Mike Boone, and even with Latavius Murray. But I, I, I love what you're saying, that if this offense is going to improve, which I think it will scoring points, especially once you get the red zone, because they're one of the worst teams through the first four weeks at scoring touchdowns once getting into the red zone. Um, that it would take more than a single fumble for Melvin Gordon to lose how gigantic of an opportunity this is the rest of the way. Yeah, and right now they are top five. They're actually number five in expected half PPR points as a unit, uh, the Denver Broncos running back. So if this isn't 60-40 and it's 70-30, all of a sudden Melvin Gordon could be a league winner. Wide range of outcomes, I get it, but like we play fantasy football to come in first place, not for sixth place. So we got to be rolling with Melvin Gordon. Okay, he is running back 14, then Brees Hall is running back 15, Miles Sanders as running back 16. Can we also quickly talk about Naeem Hines, who's sitting here as running back 17? Jonathan Taylor's not playing on Thursday night football. Naeem Hines, even though Frank Reich told us all to draft him in our fantasy football leagues, has honestly barely been used this season. Mm -hmm. And even in a game, I think against the Jaguars, where he was scripted early on in series, he got three touches in that first series, then never touched the ball basically the rest of the game and played 15 snaps. So he is being forced into the starting lineup, probably with Philip Lindsay as the other back. And you have extreme confidence in him, even though they're you know, negative game script likely here with three and a half point underdogs. I don't think the negative game script bothers me that much just because it kind of plays into Naeem Hines workload. But I think this is just their actions speak louder than their words. And Philip Lindsay's been a healthy scratch. So they don't think that highly of him. I know that's probably special teams related, but they paid Naeem Hines. I think that Naeem Hines is talented and if they're losing, I think he's going to catch check downs. But I've also seen that this coaching staff in spurts, have used Naeem Hines on early downs in short yarded situations as well. I'm going to be buying into, especially in full PPR. Okay. Damien Harris as running back 18. I would love to save the larger conversation with him on our show for tomorrow because Same. there's going to be a lot of Damien Harris love, yeah. I think, on our 20 players that define week five. I guess I did want to bring up this. He is at running back 18. Ramondre Stevenson sitting there is around running backs 26. Why the huge disparity of the two in your rankings? Like, why is Damian Harris a lock top 20 running back where, again, Ramondre sitting there as 20 to 30? Well, it's positive game script. And while Ramondre Stevenson's playing more snaps, um, I think that the positive game script leans in Damian Harris's favor. He's been getting more of the goal line run. And then looking just at my expected half PPR points, because remember, you don't get a single fantasy point for playing a snap. You have to get the damn ball. And right now, Damian Harris is averaging way more expected half PPR points, 12.3 to 9.6. I don't necessarily think that's going to that gap's going to be that wide for the entire season. But Damian Harris has been the starter. He's been people have tried to cancel Damian Harris uh, for two years now over for Ramondre Stevenson. The fact is, Damian Harris is good at football. And they went back to some of the power concepts where Damian Harris is very good at and very experienced running. And their positive game scripts, the team total right now for New England is much higher than I would expect it. I still don't even know who's going to be the quarterback. I didn't even, in my rankings, I went mystery QB, not Mac Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. But it doesn't really matter. They're going to run the ball probably 20 times each. And I think that Damian Harris just has more touchdown equity. 
I think that might be a bit. They they could. I think 15 times each is in the range of outcomes here. Again, just like and subscribe to the channel so you get the full discussion on Damian Harrison, why he's such a smash play against the Detroit Lions um, later on this week. And I cannot wait. I think he's second in the league in touchdowns, rushing touchdowns over the last two seasons. The forever underrated Damian Harris. Okay. I know we need to go through these quickly. 21 through 30. It's the likes of C.H., A.J. Dillon, Cleo Herbert still sitting here. And this might be a low ranking for the Chicago Bears, even though they're facing the Minnesota Vikings. And the defense for the Minnesota is, is really daunting, and the Bears' offensive line isn't great, although run blocking they are. Minnesota's given up a bunch of rushing points to opposing running backs. So he might be a player we talk about a bit later on. Um, and then some other names here. Like maybe people want to talk about and look at Devin Singletary after usage that he got over the last two weeks. Uh, you have him here as, I believe, the running back 28. And it's basically because, Hayden, while we saw an awesome week three against Miami, he got the same work- workload, albeit in difficult circumstances, in week four. But even massive snaps on the Bills offense, a great offense, doesn't equal fancy points week in and week out. Yeah, he's very challenging ranking. I would actually just like admit that running back 15 to running back, I'd say 28, so where Devin Singletary is, those guys are all so close. Like They're all RB2 threes. Um, so just kind of preference Devin Singletary, uh, is the running back 19 in usage running back 29 in actual production. There's been some kind of weird game scripts mixed in there where Devin Singletary has been used a ton. I don't think that he's looked good, but James Cook dropped the pass. Zach Moss, they got him involved for a couple snaps. They got his ass right off the field too. So, um, I think Devin Singletary is a totally fine RB two, three. I think that you should be happy. Uh, if you have him, I just don't see a huge difference. Uh, between like RB 16 this week and RB 27. Two more, if you will allow me. Uh, Running back 31 is Tyler Algier. Running back 43 is Caleb Huntley. We know Mm -hmm. at least this week, it's between those two backs. Maybe next week, Damian Williams creeps in when Cordero Patterson is on IR for the next four weeks. Just talk me through what went in the decision for those two rankings. So I want to give the benefit of the doubt to Tyler Algier just because he was the first one that was mixing in with Cordero Patterson. But later in the game, after CPAC goes out, Caleb Huntley gets a lot of run, gets some goal line carries as well. And I think that he's going to be somewhat involved. Uh, Even when CPAC was rolling, it was a two backfield committee. And I think that's what's going to happen here again. And I fear, or at least I'm just kind of struggling with the team total is a little bit lower and this can be cut into two ways. We don't, have very much confidence who's going to be the goal line back. Um, so I, I don't feel great about either of them, to be honest. I think we learn a lot this week in that who gets the first carry, who gets the full series, if they're rotating full series or if it's role situations, so on and so forth. But then yeah. obviously a wrench can, again can be thrown in next week when Damian Williams hopefully returns. Yep. Yep. Okay. The rest of the running back rankings, you all can check out on the YouTube channel or on underdog network and find them on that column. Okay. We'll switch over from the running backs to the wide receivers. And as we outlined last week, I mean, there are just massive elite names at the top. And then not going to say a cliff, but it gets kind of muddled from there. Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson are the top three. After that, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, and Tyreek Hill. Maybe I can bring up Tyreek Hill's name. Not people are going to sit him, but, you know, Tyreek Hill's there as the running, as the wide receiver six, you know. Jalen Waddles there is the wide receiver 15. This is with Teddy Bridgewater. It's without Tua Tungo-Vailoa. We only got about a half of Teddy working last week. And from a 
testing vertically and big play standpoint, we know that Tyree Kill hauled one in, so it's not like those are disappearing here. Yeah, I think that Teddy Bridgewater will do a very solid Tua Tagovailoa impression and just the way that the Jets defense is set up. Cover one, cover three. These players can be put on an island. I really don't like that defensive structure against the speed that the Dolphins have. And I think that Teddy Bridgewater has kept multiple. Like we would, uh, if you're a DJ Moore uh, drafter right now, you would love Teddy Bridgewater to be the Panthers quarterback still. So we, it, it, it was potentially there. They, yeah. they, they, they could have done that. Um, okay. The rest of this, it's AJ Brown. Then Mike Williams, once again, I'll say this for you, Hayden, since you didn't wear your T-shirt that said it on there. Uh, you not get to love Mike Williams at his highs if you can't accept him at his lows. And we're going to get a bunch of highs as long as Keenan Allen's out. And it sounds like Keenan Allen's going to be out here. This ranking assumes Keenan Allen is out. Josh Palmer also playing through an ankle injury. He's been on the injury report so far this week. So, yeah, the team total is strong. Uh, right now, the Chargers, despite all of the craziness going on with their offensive line, first in adjusted sack rate on offense. Justin Herbert is just that damn good, and they don't try to throw the ball deep, so it hasn't really been affecting them. And the big difference is that Mike Williams still, his dot is lower in this offense than it was uh, two, three years ago where he was only a deep threat. He's running slants and in-breaking routes, true number one wide receiver stuff. Yeah, please, if you're getting blocked if you ask me to sit start question with them. <laughs> That's fair. Debo, Samuel, and T. Higgins round out the top 10 wide receivers. Let's go to 11 through 20. Mike Evans, Hollywood Brown, Christian Kirk, who I'm sure will be a member of Friday's episode. So be on the lookout for that. And then let's go to Corton Sutton, who's also playing here on Thursday Night Football. Not that people are going to sit Corton Sutton or are nervous about him, but that the drastic difference between his rankings and Jerry Judy's rankings. I mean, again, you have Corton Sutton as wide receiver 14. You have Jerry Judy as wide receiver 34. I think you sent out a tweet that Corton Sutton is balling early on the season. Mm -hmm. Even though that early touchdown Jerry Judy had, the same can't be said about that. No, the, the usage is completely different, and this kind of aligns with our preseason expectations. Cortland Sutton, wide receiver 15 in expected half PPR points. Jerry Judy, wide receiver 55. Judy's been kind of running on that long uh, touchdown. Uh, Cortland Sutton, the big thing what's happened, it's very similar to the Mike Williams situation. Cortland Sutton previously was more or less a deep threat. This year, his ADOT is down 3.3 yards. He's becoming a focal point. I've seen slant routes. I've seen like glance routes. Hit him on the RPO on occasion as well. This is the stuff that we weren't used to with Cortland Sutton. That he looks way healthier, and he's still getting the targets downfield, and he's been very uh, – um, he's coming down with a bunch of them. I think that he looks completely healthy, and Jerry Judy, to me, has been a little bit more sauce than like actual – um, like a reliable fantasy asset. I think that's just because Cortland Sutton is like really good. It is kind of amazing because they are the top two wide receivers. It's not like KJ Hamler has popped in there. They have Kendall Hinton popping in even over KJ Hamler at points. They're utilizing all three of these running or tight ends, I should say. And yet it's Cortland Sutton who's the mainstay and Jerry Judy has yet to take that foothold. Mm -hmm. And I think in order for the Broncos to be awesome this season, he will have to take like huge step. And maybe it does happen here on Thursday night football and people listening to this or watching this on Friday uh, can just laugh at us. That's potential possibility too. Okay. The rest of this tier, it's like Michael Pittman, CD lamb, DK Metcalf, Drake London, and Brandon cooks. Okay. Wide receiver 21, Chris Godwin look back was good back. And most importantly, it's not like we're splitting up 30 Tom Brady pass attempts or 25 Tom Brady pass attempts even when they are favored massively 
in this game by nine and a half points. I think they get to that nine and a half point lead by throwing the ball 35, 40 times between all these wide receivers. They're dead last in rushing EPA per carry. So they're going to pass the ball. I think that some of the stuff probably was Todd Bowles related early on, but the offense wasn't very good. And I'm sure Tom Brady's like, let's get this thing back on to track. Chris Godwin, to me, uh, probably is going to be struggling efficiency-wise compared to like his previous self for the next month or so. But immediately last week was basically a full-time player, wide receiver 21 fantasy usage uh, on the week. So I'm going to be very aggressive with him. And Russell Gage and Julio still seem like they're just battling their own injuries. So I'm still keeping strong on the Mike Evans ranking. But Chris Godwin, I think, already is wide receiver three. Al Lazard, wide receiver 26. Romeo Dobbs, wide receiver 35. I'm big into Al Lazard right now. Like he average talent. You can say this if you want to, but especially what we saw from the Green Bay Packers in trying to test the field vertically more, knowing that they can't just run RPOs and, you know, 10 yard in patterns and slants and, you know, screens behind the line of scrimmage. Like they just can't do this. And so it's not just Dobbs who's getting down the field. In fact, it's a little bit more of Al Lazard. And I'm in. Like to mm-hmm. me, he's a top three wide receiver in terms of top 36 for the rest until he shows that he's not. I think he's been good. He won too, a couple go, go balls. He's hard to bring down. Uh, he has great chemistry. Um, some of these like are RPO passes where he's just the, if he has the advantage, they're going to him. Uh, I went back, watched some more Romeo Dobbs. Uh, they throw him a, a bunch of screens, and that's why his ADOT's low. He is running vertical routes. I would not be surprised if there's a long touchdown mix in there too. Um, so I have Romeo as like a flex play. Um, and Alan Lazard went off last week. If Aaron Jones doesn't miss this block, Alan Lazard's still running for a touchdown. So um, I think he's better than anticipated. Guess what? His uh, yards per route run, targets per route run, guess what? When Devontae Adams leaves the offense, they they, they go up. Imagine that. Uh, did want to bring up, because you're going back to the well, wide receiver 28 and Gabriel Davis. We got some positive news this week, and you've been waiting on it. There's a full participant in Wednesday's practice. Hopefully a couple more of them, please. But I'm not saying another damn thing until I get more full practices. Okay. I was, I was trying to set you up for failure. Um, okay. This is an interesting category here to start wide receiver 31. It's Terry McLaurin, who John Dotson is going to be out for this game. Then it's Josh Reynolds, who is a fill in for Amon Ross St. Brown, who is the only one of that grouping that didn't practice because TJ Hawkinson's back. DJ Chark is back. And then it's Michael Thomas after this, who also missed last week's contest. Yeah, I mean, the Josh Reynolds stuff, I, this, these were my rankings before G.J. Chark returned to practice. He didn't practice on Wednesday, came back this week. I don't think Amon Ross St. Brown's going to play, but no. if G.J. Chark's in, I'm going to have to move Josh Reynolds uh, down. Michael Thomas, too early in the week to tell what his status is. That's why we have shows on Friday instead of wasting our time on Wednesday and Thursday trying to preview games on Sunday. <laughs> wide receiver 41 and 42. You have the two Jets wide receivers who just a few weeks ago at the end of weeks were in like the wide receiver 18 and 19 categories. Mm-hmm. To me, this points to just a drop in neutral pass rate that the Jets showed with Zach Wilson coming back. And I don't expect that to change because obviously they won this past weekend. And it's not like this was just a, oh, Zach's back. We got to do it this way. It was the yeah. same thing as last year. Yeah, so on this chart, obviously, the, the first couple of weeks, the neutral pass rate is a little bit uh, higher with uh, Joe Flacco in compared to where Zach Wilson is. Last last season, Zach Wilson missed some games. Point out on this chart which games he missed. <laughs> These ones right here, literally 8 through 11. And so look at the pass rates without him. 
Uh, so that's a little bit of a trend, something to monitor. Brees Hall is playing well. I moved this is the highest I've had Brees Hall on my rankings by quite quite a wide margin. Um, lots of Corey Davis still gets targets. It's just splitting in a team total around 19 three ways plus two running backs. Tyler Conklin's usage numbers have been pretty good. And the Jets, um, they're just plays per game, passes yeah. per game is just not sustainable. Like it'd be like record shattering. And I'm not expecting the Jets to be breaking any records this year. So just it's it's hard to rank them. Uh, because Elijah Moore, I still think is good, but he's not yeah. getting any of the scheme stuff. That's all of the Garrett Wilson. But Elijah Moore plays more. It's just a, it's a weird, weird Jets rotation right now. Corey Davis still lives. Tyler Conklin 100%. still lives. Like these guys are huge parts of that offense. Like Corey Davis and that fourth down catch was the reason why they were set up to win that game. You yeah. know? Yeah. So it's not just this two young duo that they have. Like they have other pieces that are important, important parts of that offense. And this is something that uh, the Dolphins are running one of the most unique offenses, uh, double linebackers in the a gaps. They're bringing in pressure from everywhere. They're playing great one-on-one coverage right now, despite having Byron Jones Uh, Zayvon Howard has been playing through an injury, but teams are still choosing to pass. But can you figure that out? You got to sort all this stuff out. That's going to be a big challenge for an inexperienced quarterback with an offensive line that has not been the same starters over and over again. So a very unique battle, big challenge for Zach Wilson. I'll be very optimistic for the Jets the rest of the season if Zach Wilson can come out of out of this game sorting out a bunch of mess that the Dolphins are going to be throwing at him. Last one for me, and again, you can check out these rankings. I'm sure Hayden tweeted them out. Uh, wide receiver 47 is Rondell Moore. Compare that to Marquise Brown, who's at uh, wide receiver 12. It's a really tough matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, Arizona is such a slow starting team already. Just what stood out to me, and we mentioned this at the end of Stats for Some, so maybe people missed it, was Rondale was a legit outside wide receiver. Like 83% of his snaps were at the white, the right wide receiver spot, basically. Um, that is a role that we didn't see at all last season. I didn't get to pick up a whole bunch this past week against the Carolina Panthers. So just the more he's in there, at least until DeAndre Hopkins come back, comes back, is mm-hmm. the more we're going to learn about Rondell Moore, Moore and then how they expect to, you know, and they consider his evaluation as not just purely a close-to-line-of-scrimmage slot player. Yeah, so he's, he's a full-time player, so that's going to give him targets, and it is not a comfortable matchup. The Eagles do have a couple injuries worth monitoring, uh, and teams playing against the Eagles' defense are passing the ball in neutral situations at the second-highest rate. So while the Eagles' defense is good, I'm expecting a lot of volume. The Eagles play with a lot of pace on offense. I think that the Cardinals have been playing pretty slow in general, which is not uh, their usual. I'm hoping that later in the season that that goes up too so even the matchup on paper is difficult like efficiency wise i think that passing volume is going to be kind for everyone on uh the cardinals including uh kyler murray if you want to pivot over to quarterbacks well one more okay if rashad bateman doesn't play how intrigued should we be by devin duvernay against the cincinnati Bengals on sunday night football yeah he's very fast player he plays in the slot he can play outside um He's been very good. So, yeah, I haven't thought about too much. I think he'd probably be a wide receiver three flex, depending on the matchups, all that stuff. Uh, maybe somebody we'll talk about tomorrow. He, oh, he's basically Debo Light in terms of breaking your models, Hayden. Yeah, I mean, he is just stomping on him. I, I did love Devin DuVernay as a prospect, so I'm okay yeah. with it. I guessed in how you wanted to tier these. So if you want some live adjustments, okay. we can do this, Hayden. The top tier, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. I mean, I'm just trying to like 
put a word in front of Jalen Hurts and how he's playing right now. And then Lamar Jackson. There's your top four. Fair? Yes, uh, Lamar Jackson's matchup is not as clean, especially if Rashad Bateman is out. I think that the Bengals have played uh, Lamar Jackson pretty well. He's averaging 202 passing yards uh, against this um, defense coordinator. Now he has ran for 81 rushing yards in those games. Very curious what's going to happen because I think the Bengals defense is very well coached and lots of continuity. Uh, so a little bit tougher matchup for Lamar Jackson in general than the, on the flip side, Tom Brady's matchup couldn't get any easier against the Falcons. So I think that there's like the clear top five, I would say, uh, but I think there's probably a mini tier break after Jalen hurts. Uh, yeah. You can go either you're, way. You're messing with my brain here, Hayden. I'm trying to adjust these We're on the fly. All these guys We're just quickly with Lamar Jackson, even in losses, let's say against the Miami dolphins, he had an outstanding game yes. there. And most importantly, where, what were weaknesses last season? He has turned them into strengths this season in terms of getting blitzed playing out of empty. They couldn't do that. And Ronnie Stanley keeps practicing each week, yet is inactive each week still. So at some point, that's going to flip, and that can change how this good offensive line can be even better despite all the injuries that have hit them. Like Tyler mm-hmm. Linderbaum at center and the patches in the running game, especially with quarterback runs too, with quarterback powers and stuff. It's been really fun to see. But most importantly, as a passer, where he failed and faltered last season and was great in his MVP campaign, he's back to being that this year oh, yeah. against the blints and against empty. Or just should say when he is in empty in the formation. Okay. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray next. Uh, I love the matchup for Joe Burrow. The Ravens more than held their own last week, but they're still giving up the most points to fantasy quarterbacks, fantasy wide receivers. Teams are choosing to pass against the Ravens at the third highest rate in the NFL. Uh, the Bengals offensive line has been pretty iffy on the interior. Joe Burrow's just missed a couple more throws than we're used to. And I, I haven't posted the the clip yet, but teams are the safeties over Jamar chase is absurd right now. It's like literally like begging you to throw the ball to Tyler uh, Boyd and T Higgins. And this is a, a, a defense that lives in isolation. I'm guessing one of the safeties is just going to be on Jamar chase's side. And that's, if you're w- wondering why T Higgins is outperforming Jamar chase over like a full season now, I'll, I'll post this clip and you'll you'll see why that's the case. They, that explains T Higgins touchdown. But going for Joe Burrow, I think it's a matchup that will be inviting lots of man coverage, isolated matchups. And this is the team that has the dudes to go win those matchups. Are, are you pointing out the one where they had two safeties on the same side and it was a complete open field for T Higgins on the opposite end? Doubling on yeah, doubling on the right side and then literally just like saying like open grass. Now, on the, the, left. the other part of this is why doesn't and this is a rant. Why didn't Zach Taylor make this easier for Jamar Chase? You know, why is he put him in tight motion, bring him in and give him a little bit of a free move and free run. So it's not just static because it's all static out there and they're running like the same routes over and over and over again. Anyways, I I have the solution. Hire JT O'Sullivan to run the offense. (laughs) That's our guy. Okay. Next in this grouping, which you may or may not be considering Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, Derek Carr against the Kansas City Chiefs with, again, that total is the highest of the weekend at 51 Aaron Rodgers, and then Thursday Night Football, Russell Wilson. Um, Trevor Lawrence has at least two touchdowns to his name in three of four games this mm-hmm. season. He was my highest-drafted quarterback all summer, and I'm feeling great about it. Uh, last week, five turnovers. I think it was weather combined with the pass rush, combined with just their most difficult opponent. Um, loving him this week in a completely different environment against the Houston Texans who could not pressure the Los Angeles Chargers offensive line Correct. last week. 
Yeah, and quietly, very quietly, the Texans play with a lot of pace and pass rate on offense, and so do the Jaguars. So very optimistic here. I think this is like the tier that I kind of want to spend the most time on just because okay. uh, like Kirk Cousins, for example, the Vikings are projected for 25.5 points, but teams playing the Bears have chosen to run at the highest rate in neutral situations. So on paper, it's like a Dalvin Cook game, but the team total is so high that like I don't know what to do with Kirk Cousins. Uh, him, Trevor Lawrence, Derek Carr, who team's total is lower, but on the flip side, teams are choosing to pass against the Chiefs at the highest rate. So it's like the opposite of the Kirk Cousins conundrum uh and then like aaron Rodgers, he has to overcome 29th in neutral uh pace 26 in neutral pass rate the matchup is all right against the giants the team total is all right but like offensive this is the tier where offensive factors are completely different for all these uh type of quarterbacks i think it could be a really good aaron Rodgers week we outlined again that they are throwing down the field more it's against wink martindale who's going to send some exotic blitzes and just hopefully one of those players in Romeo Dobbs or Al Mazard is going yeah. to be able to get open vertically one-on-one in those situations that um, Aaron Rodgers can hit them down the field. So I think like internally they are trying to spread the ceiling of what they've been doing passing game wise. However, the other part of this is their running game could just dominate the giants and they might yeah. not need the, to, you know, throw the ball 35, 38 times. So yeah, the Giants. Okay. I don't know who's playing at quarterback or wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's tough. Um, I'm trying to find that that total. Yeah, it's it's first of all an early Sunday game in London, and it's a 41 total. Hmm. 41. Next up, Teddy Bridgewater, Matthew Stafford, Andy Dalton, and then MVP candidate Geno Smith against the oh yeah New Orleans Saints. Uh, they are five and a half point underdogs against the Saints, a total of 46 here. If we were still doing underdog of the week, I might pick the Seahawks there because I think the Saints are like just treading water and not even close to the team that they thought they would be and a bit lost at the moment. Watch this video if you want to know my true thoughts about Geno Smith. Absolute dog. Okay. Any names in this bottom tier that you wanted to talk about with Jimmy not Garoppolo, really. Ryan Tannehill, Justin no. Fields? Yeah, your your team's effed if you're starting these guys. Let's just be honest. We, we do get comments being like, "Well, why? Why aren't you talking about this?" Right, even in for, your superflex super leagues, like Josh Allen and uh, Tom Brady are doing 360 dunks on you. So, yeah, I am terrified of Carson Wentz against the Tennessee Titans. Um, I know that the Titans have been lacking edge rushers, completely lacking edge rushers, but their interior, like Danico Autry, is beating up on. Um, on on Nelson last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh that's not a formula for success when your quarterback he loves to play his feet and, and launch the football down the field isn't isn't getting there. Do you want to say anything about Russ before we get out of here, Aiden? I mean, he's he's pretty far down the list. It's just not clicking yet with all these pieces other than just Cortland Sutton. Yeah, the team totals middle. Could of the we pack. see them throwing more without Maybe. the running backs? Maybe, but this is like an offense that kind of needs the run game. Like I hate to be like that, bro, but like Russell Wilson's like play action, get him on the run bootleg concepts. Like the traditional stuff is not like his game. So I, I'm very, I'm, I think he's a quarterback too. Like he hasn't been a quarterback one and like the team totals are like, I think 23 it's, it's like yeah. quarterback one numbers. So I feel fine with it. Okay. That's going to do it for us. This show is a bit chaotic. Friday show is a bit more composed because we get one extra day to digest all the injury reports, go through again, the 20 players, our guys for week five. Can't wait for that. 
for the sickos, pause the video. You can check out this chart that Hayden Shirley tweets out as well. Thank you for watching Up the Villa. We will talk to you all soon. See ya.